Welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast, where your host, Isabel Ross, interviews experts and athletes in the field of endurance sports. Isabel Ross is a three-time Australian long-distance mountain running representative at the World Championships with a best finishing place of 10th female. Twice Australian trail champion, she has won the six-foot track marathon, run a sub-three-hour marathon, and won a 24-hour track race overall with a distance of 198.7 kilometers, as well as competing in and winning grueling ultramarathons in rugged, mountainous terrain. Isabel has raced all over the world, including participating in the notorious Barkley Marathons. Isabel is an Australian and USA-accredited endurance coach working with athletes of all levels and is a certified UESCA ultra running coach. She's also a personal trainer and podcast host. Are injuries or niggles ruining your enjoyment of running and hindering your performance? Get on top of these and see the specialists at Health and High Performance. Utilising the latest in technology and with a wealth of experience, the team at Health and High Performance can assist you with all your running, injury and performance needs. So get back to enjoying your running and achieving the results you are capable of. Head to healthhp.com.au forward slash run or find them on Instagram at healthhighperformance. Health and High Performance are located in Montalbert, Melbourne, but are available for telehealth appointments not only Australia-wide, but also around the world. Contact them on their website to find out more. Wild Earth Australia are the online store to help you make the most out of the outdoors with top quality gear at great prices. Peak Endurance podcast listeners can use the discount code PEAKENDURANCE in all capitals to get 10% off at checkout. Head on over to wildearth.com.au to get everything you need for your next adventure. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Episode 121 is an interview with Kiralee Deer from Run Against Violence and Mark Grimmett from Team 106s. For 19 days in 2017, solo ultramarathon runner Kiralee Deer ran 1,300 kilometres from Broken Hill to Sydney to give a voice to the often silent victims of family violence. Family and domestic violence, whether physical or psychological, is increasingly being recognised as a social challenge of our time. Public conversation around the issue is building. However, we often overlook the children, those who hear and see the violence or are directly targeted. Too often, these children don't have the chance to tell their own story. In 2017, Kiralee asked the nation to stop and listen to these young people. Many people who experience family violence bear their pain in silence. They fear the stigma and social isolation that may result from speaking out about their experiences. Conversations break that silence and educate the community. People who experience violence can feel stigmatised and alone. They don't reach out for help for fear of their safety or what people will say and think. Every one of us has the power to change that. By starting conversations, we rip down these social barriers. That makes it much easier for people to ask for help and to heal from their experiences. Starting 30th of August 2021, groups of up to 20 people can virtually walk or run the 1300 kilometres from Broken Hill to Sydney. The route retraces the real world 2017 Steps Together Ultramarathon. More than 3,000 people across the world have participated online in the challenge. This year it is expected to be even bigger. I hope you enjoy listening to our group chat about this one. 
I do hope you enjoy this episode. It would be so wonderful if you could subscribe and write a review. This helps to boost the ratings of the show and thus increase its audience reach. I appreciate your help. If you want to be the best athlete you can be, you deserve the best coaching you can get. Peak Endurance Coaching has the personal touch you won't get elsewhere that will help you achieve your running goals. With customised plans that reflect your commitments in life and your athletic history, you will become fitter, faster and stronger whilst becoming part of the Peak Endurance Coaching community. Don't waste a minute of your running journey. Email me, isabel at peakendurancecoaching.com.au to get a program designed just for you started. Enjoy my chat with Kiralee and Mark. Hey, it's time for me back with some more thoughts, and this week's one's pretty quick, and that's pretty much just take opportunities as they present themselves. We're back in lockdown this week, and it's just reminding me of how good things are and how good things we are have we have them and how many opportunities that we get presented that maybe we turn down for whatever reason. And, you know, lockdowns like this remind me that we should take up these opportunities. And I think it's something we should carry out of this lockdown, <laughs> lockdown number six. And um, everyone should really just really take on board how lucky we are and that when we do get opportunities to take them, because you never know when they can be taken away and to make the most of them. Hi, Kirillian and Mark, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. G'day. How are you? I'm, I'm very well. Now, can you, um, each of you, taking turns to tell the listeners a bit about how you got into running and ultra running? Maybe you go first, Kirli. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Um, well, I got into running when I was 38 years old. I uh, was going through a phase, I'd been running my own business for, I don't know, 15 years or so, and uh, I was feeling very stressed and uh, overweight and all those sorts of things, and my face was spending way too much time attached to a a wine glass. (laughs) My partner at the time suggested that I might um, need to find a hobby, and over sort of successive months of other hobbies failing I suddenly remembered it again one Sunday afternoon that I really used to love running when I was a kid and uh, yeah so I jumped off of the lounge ran around the block fell back on the lounge uh, <laughs> totally and utterly exhausted uh, and then set my goal to um, but loved it and set a goal to one day be able to run 10 kilometers so wow, uh, yeah so yeah so it's kind of all great from there. Yeah, now you're into ultras. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mark. So, oh, sorry. Did you have more? No, go for it. Yep, go Mark. to Mark. <laughs> um, yeah, I started running by basically including it uh, in a commute to work um, to get off public transport a little bit. Um, I was living up in Sydney at that time. Um, that was, yeah, so about 5Ks sort of a day, which started out as a walk and then turned into a run. Um, and then, yeah, that 5Ks sort of eventually turned into uh, one or two sort of road half marathons um, and sort of stayed there for a fair while. Um, and then, yeah, moved to Canberra at one point in time and just got into the trail running scene, just finding like-minded people, I guess. And um, 
I guess once you're in the trail running scene, then the only distance is an ultra marathon, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it seems that way. And uh, yeah, that's, um, yeah, just sort of all, all, yeah, running with friends and running with different events. And, and yeah, the, the trail and ultra scene here is pretty big. So yeah, it, it's great in Canberra, isn't it? And, and certainly I, I understand once you get into the trails, that's it. It's the natural progression is to ultra. Yeah. yeah. Now, Kirley, can you tell us a bit about Run Against Violence, how it started and why it's so important to you? Yeah, look, um, so that 10 kilometres grew into, in 2014, I ran 860 kilometres in 12 days. So it was roughly oh, wow. averaging about 72 kilometres a day over 12 days and it just turned out to be um I, I did it in November and it was the hottest November that they experienced in <laughs> 57 years in the area so most of those days were over 40 degrees so we'll, we'll say that hobby kind of took off <laughs> it became an obsession um, I'd been ultra running for uh I'm gonna guess um so I think it's about seven years by that stage uh and there had been a, a series of um, murders happened in Sydney. Three women were killed by a current or former intimate partner in very quick succession. And I had, and, and that's when I first started hearing the statistic of one woman a week being killed by their intimate partner or former intimate partner. And I'd never heard of that stuff before. Um, I, yeah, and when I heard the statistic of one woman a week, I thought, oh, can't be true media is making stuff up again so I went and, and researched and actually found out it was true and I think in 1980 uh, sorry um what were we 2013 I don't know when 1980 suddenly came from <laughs> it's been a big day um, and uh yeah yeah I think it was 83 women were killed um that wow. year so it's a horrendous number and I found in the subsequent months when I was out trail running and, and training on my own, the, the images of these women, and one particular woman kept coming back to me. And I know, I know myself well enough that when that starts to happen, it's my intuition telling me to do something about it. And over the, over the subsequent months, it's a long story, I'll cut it short, I ended up running just over 500 miles uh, for White Ribbon in 2014, November 2014. And coming or during that, run I really got to understand my head crewy Brad who has founded Run Against Violence with me really got to understand the extent of the problem of family violence and intimate partner violence in Australia and coming off that we decided that we needed to do more and we spent quite a few months researching what doing more would entail and it's from that that Run Against Violence was created. Wow that's awesome mm. and um so um you did a big run to sort of kickstart it, didn't you? Um, so we'd been going for a, a, a couple of years. Uh, in 2017, I felt ready to go for another big run. <laughs> and uh, it takes that long. <laughs> I can promise you to ever want to do that again. It's like overindulging on chocolate. You just go, oh, I'm never <laughs> going to do that again. <laughs> takes a while for the memory to fade. Um, but you, the charity had been going for a couple of years and I decided that it was time to do another big run. And for a long time, I had been looking at Broken Hill as a place that I wanted to run to or from because it's one of the remote areas that has a lot of challenges with family violence and 
Um, but at the same time, they have done enormous, an enormous amount of work in addressing that problem, really leading um, you know, a lot of change in that area. So I wanted to run from Broken Hill. So in 2017, we did the Broken Hill to Sydney ultramarathon. So that was 1,300 kilometres that I ran in um, 19 days. So averaging just over 70, I think it was 72 kilometres a day, that one. Wow. And uh, yeah, and that from that, we, in conjunction with that, uh, held a virtual challenge. So we set up, so people could race me across the course online. And they set up teams of up to 10 people and they had to finish the course, my same course in the same time that I was doing it solo as a group of 10. So okay. it was a lot of fun. Uh, we're staggered, we aimed to have say 30 <laughs> teams. It was our mind blowing result. If we get 30 teams on board and we ended up having 200 uh, wow, racing across awesome. that course. So yeah, it was huge. And that's when the virtual challenge was born. Excellent. Now, Mark, can you tell us how you got involved and how long you've been involved? Um, yeah, absolutely. So in 2017, I was in a, one of those 200 teams um, and just just through a friend, she um, yeah, put the call out, said, you know, you'll be interested in this, join our team. Yep, sure. Um, and to be honest, I probably didn't put any more thought into, you know, what the challenge was, <clears throat> what uh, you know, run against violence was trying to achieve potentially even what type of violence I was running against. Um, it was, you know, uh, 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 another group group event and I've always found them sort of quite enjoyable. Um, and if memory serves correctly, um, it was the actual Sydney Marathon that I think you finished at, mm -hmm. Kiralee. Was that right? Yep. Yeah. Correct, yep. So I entered one of the events. I don't know if it was a marathon or the half marathon. I can't remember that particular year. And yeah, ran across the Sydney Harbour Bridge and um, and 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 finished on on that same day. So that was um, yeah, all sort of part of part of the fun. And since then, um, yeah, have participated. Well, this is the fourth year now. Um, sort of yeah. So each year, and 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 obviously paid a lot more attention. Um, you know, in in into to what the virtual challenge is there for, what what the whole 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 reasoning behind run against violence is and 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 you know obviously that's much more important than than, than just going for a run um and uh yeah participated in 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 a team the year after and then last year created uh, uh my own team invited you along easy um which yeah. was great and 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 yeah doing doing something um uh, again again this year and and sort of trying to create sort of something a little bit different and and, and a, um, a bit extra special for our, our particular team's challenge each year. Yeah, so the challenge is to run the same distance as what Curly did, but but as a team leader, you um, create different challenges, which obviously teams can do. Can you give the listeners maybe an idea of the sort of challenges that you think up, which therefore they could as well, perhaps? Yeah, exactly right. So um, we, uh, so the last year and this year, we're in a team of, of 20. Um, still finalising the names for this year, so hopefully we'll get up to 20, but that's okay. But last year, we yeah very quickly got a team of 20 together to run the entire 1,300 kilometres on the first day of the challenge. <laughs> um, so it was yeah, an average of 65 kilometres uh, per person, which was great in theory when, we, when I was putting it all together. Um, and then, uh, you know, obviously asking 20 people to run an ultra marathon all on one day is asking 20 people to have a really, really good day or condition. 
allow that to happen. Um, so that for various reasons, um, I mean, you know, with yourself, you had, you know, what lockdown two, I think for Melbourne at that point. Yeah. And, and you physically, you know, you, you ran your, I can't remember how many cases, it was about 20 odd, I think you and Ron did on a treadmill because that's, you know, physically or, or that you were able to do. And of course people get injured or, or things don't go to plan when you run an ultra marathon and, and you can't achieve, necessarily achieve individual goals. Um, but as a team, we did. We ran 1,301 kilometres. Um, personally, I created a route in Canberra, which incorporated all the ACT park runs. Mm. Um, so there's okay. seven park runs in Canberra and one in Queanbeyan, just across the border. So eight in two together and uh, created a route where I'd run, run each park run and then run in between of them. Um, and that ended up being 118 kilometres, 40 kilometres of park runs and whatever the balance is in, in, in commuting. Um, and yeah, so that was a lot of fun and, and, and had a lot of the team um, or particular team members sort of join me for various parts of that day. Um, and even, even with that, I found it, um, um, I don't know, motivated people to do to push themselves a little bit more as well. Um, you know, we had one of our team members who was probably never going to run 65 kilometres that day. Um, she'd not run a marathon before that day, but ended up running something like 53, the top of wow. my head. Pretty, pretty amazing. Um, and numerous people ran the longest uh, they'd, or the furthest they'd ever had on, on that particular day. So a couple of people running their first 100Ks or, or, or whatever it was. And uh, that was... Um, and still is by a long way my my longest run. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. That's a, that's an awesome way of of doing the challenge. You know, doing it all in one day. So mm. certainly pushes people to their limits as well. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Different way of thinking about it. And yeah. Just a bit more. Yeah. Fun. So, Kiralee, why is it that um, people who experience violence can feel stigmatized and alone? And how does such an event like this help with that? Look, mm. it's family violence. What happens behind closed doors has been a long time taboo in our culture. It's not something that we've really talked about in Australian culture, and, and we're not alone in that. Um, but it's so because, and even up until about 60 years ago, it was there was no laws even against it. <laughs> you know, we've had enormous changes in this area uh, from a legal perspective, but our culture hasn't necessarily caught up with it when I was out on that run in 2014 I was talking in, in the subsequent months I was talking a lot to social workers to police to you know all sorts of people that work around the the family violence space and saying well what can we do we didn't want to replicate what already existed I didn't see the point in that I thought what you know what can be our role within this and the, the overwhelming message was that we, we need the broader community involved. Whenever we have education or events or anything like that, it's always the same people turning up. And they're usually the people that either work in the sector or you know, one degree of separation, either experience violence or one degree of separation from it. So I so, said, well, that we said, Brad and I decided that it was, that was our opportunity um, to help, is that running is a fantastic connection for people. Uh, it, it's a huge community in Australia and a huge community worldwide. And Mark provides a very good case study <laughs> for what happens is our philosophy is people come for the bling and then they stay for the cause. 
<laughs> we every year we make sure our medals look yep. really good because people go, "Oh, I want one of those." Look <laughs> there, and it seems like a lot, like a pretty simple thing on the surface, but underneath it, what we've found is that to get a positive energy out of a situation, so to help everyone feel okay with breaking taboo with with staying to talk about things that we deeply in our unconscious mind don't want to talk about people have to feel happy and comfortable and um and be having fun and it needs to be a positive energy so we know that by putting positive energy in the positive energy was going to come out and it's in the course of all that fun and that community and the camaraderie that develops that people feel safe to start talking and that it is mind-blowing to see that happen mm. it is magical when those moments happen and when when we do that when we break the silence and that stigma for for one person we actually the ripple effects through the generations because so much of family violence is intergenerational yeah. people carry that shame their entire lives and that can lead to um, negative behaviors or they just never get on with learning new ways of dealing with conflict and when we break that cycle we break it for all the generations to come. So it's an incredibly um, powerful thing to have happen, yet in, on so many levels, it's so simple. Um, it's such a simple piece of, it's like the glue that brings all the other efforts together. It creates the environment. It allows you know, the, the social workers to go in and, and have conversations. You know, we've now partnered with NAPCAN, um, who's a national, the national, the national Association for the Prevention of Child Abuse and, and Sexual Assault. And you know, they were funding grants for their Love Bites program that goes into schools and educates young people about healthy relationships. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's all this stuff is coming about because people turn up for the bling, <laughs> Do you know, because people are willing to have those conversations and, and willing to be educated and involved. So when we we have all the, I deeply believe we actually have all the answers to end family violence. We, we need to get our communities involved in making that a possibility and making that a reality. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and along that theme, I mean, I certainly know as runners that when we're running, it really does open us up to accepting new ideas and talking about new issues and so on. So I think it's a great forum for it. Do you get many non-runners entering? Oh, heaps. I, we, we have more non-runners than runners, oh. <laughs> I would say. It depends on how you define a runner. Um, our, um, you know, we have a lot of people that just walk the event. And so, like we say, whether you can walk 10 metres a day or you run 100 k's a day, it, you're welcome. Everybody is welcome. Yeah. Um, the example I use a lot and talk about a lot is my mum last year participated for the first time. She was 77, 78 now. And she goes, oh, I might only be able to walk one or two kilometres a day. I said, all good. She ended up racking up 116 kilometres. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. So she's oh back this year, um, 78. She's only just decided to take up sport. Um, <laughs> she's back this year and she's going for the silver medal, the 130K medal. Wow. So, uh, yeah. So we have all that. If we had to draw a bell curve of where the bulk of our participants is, it's the parkrun crowd. It's the couch to 5K crowd um, yeah. is, the, is the really common 
um, attribute. They're, they're not ultra runners. You know, there's a, obviously we've got the people like Mark that are crazy and decide they're going to run the whole thing in 24 hours. <laughs> and kudos, it's an amazing thing to achieve. But yeah, you know, the bulk of our people, they're yeah, you know, their teams are 20. They're taking the full 19 days to to get to the the finish. Yeah, oh, that that's good for people to know. And so, um, how does doing it raise money? So there's lots of opportunities. Um, firstly, the entry fees. We're a volunteer organisation, so we um, so the bulk of the money that that's spent, you know, we we cover the costs of you know the shirts and all those sorts of things, but the margin, the the, the proceeds are, are all um, funds that we become available for us. We yeah. um, so through registration through fees, people buy our merchandise. Um, one of the really important parts of this whole strategy is that we have really distinctive looking running shirts and buffs and all those sorts of things and they start conversations that's really yeah. what we want to do here is get people talking and it, it doesn't mean they have to be really deep and challenging conversations just general talking about it for making normalizing talking about family violence and yeah. and our shirts and our buffs and all our gear and our hoodies and everything play a really essential role in that because people go oh, what's that about <laughs> and that's it there's your conversation started and yeah. um, so we make money from that and there's also fundraising pages so people who want to it's optional we don't you know force it on people if they want to they can then also fundraise for it which is a great community engagement as well you know whenever you're doing stuff to to raise money then it starts a conversation again yeah no um uh, i'm wanting to know sort of how people can get involved mark you've talked about um creating a team of 20 so once you've registered for a team, how do you get so many people to join your team? What have you? What's some strategies you've used? Um, having conversations, starting to you know just just putting it out there. Uh, last year's team um, and, and and this year's team all just started with a, a core group of people that I run multiple times a week with. Yeah. Um, but then I was never going to find twenty people within that core group um, last year and. And it became friends of friends. And, and there was, I don't know, four or five people that I'd never met before we started that, um, you know, that last year. Um, that's that sort of team last year. And that'll almost be the same this year as well, I'd say, once we once we get to the uh, every one involved. So I want to fill it up to get 20 people in there. There's no point having, having you know, three spots um, yeah. in the team. There's, you know, to... Kiralee's point of just just talking about the cause and having those conversations you know um, 20 extra voices is better than 15 extra voices is the way sort of I see it um, but yeah friends of friends just just get messages out there um, just ask people if there's anyone else that they you know have have, have sort of interest and, um, and and who who might be um, interested in, in in going for um, a walk or a run and and I think the point of when, when you actually think about um, what you need to do for 20 people um, to run, walk, basically move on foot 1,300 kilometres in 19 days, um, break it down into those smaller bits and, and smaller numbers and realise that that is really, really achievable. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, um, people, a lot of people include a walk as part of their commute to work, um, even if that's a kilometre, then that's 19 k's across that 19 days that that 
um, you don't need to think about running or moving or dedicated exercise for or something like that. Um, and, and, you know, we ran our 1300 Ks in a day um, last year, but ended up, I can't remember the exact number, but it was over 4,000 kilometers. And a good <laughs> number of that was just commutes to work. It was, you know, not dedicated running. After everyone's ran 65 Ks plus in a day, you needed to recover and, you know, um, that type of thing as well. So break it down, take away the 1300 number because that is scary and that is intimidating um, or, or at least can be and, and, and say, no, look, 20 of us together, we can do it, um, organise a team event um, at a park run or something like that. Get 20 people down to a park run um, and there's a big chunk of it done, you know, and you probably have three park runs in that time. Um, yes. Yeah. And, and find little, yeah, sort of cues to, to, to break it down and, and get it out there and yeah, get people out in their merch and, and, and literally wave the flag. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what's our challenge this year? Do you want to share that? Yeah, so not a first day challenge. Planning the first day for a Monday, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I thought I'd not ask everyone to take a day off on the Monday and maybe not days <laughs> off afterwards to recover. Um, but there's a nicely timed event uh, in, in Canberra. Um, uh, I think it's the 11th um, of, of, of September um, called the Shri Chinmoy uh, 100. Um, and uh, many of our team last year participated in that. And that was at the back end of the challenge last year as well. It, it, it snuck into it just. So we had a quite another big day. I think we almost touched a thousand team kilometers that day as well, um, just through, through the amount of people we had running in it. The great thing about that event is that it's uh, in four stages, all between about 22 and 28 kilometers. And you can run it as a team of four or two or three and, Whatnot. So I want to try to get everybody um, to uh, participate in that in some way if we can. I originally asked Izzy to come up as well, but uh, the rest of the country is treating ACT as New South Wales and we're a red zone. No one can come here anyway so, um, without going home and quarantining. Um, so that's, that's sort of one big thing. Personally, the week before that, I'm running the length of the ACT. Uh, so nice. as the crow flies, that's 88 kilometres. My route's nearly confirmed. It's looking more like it'll be 150-ish. Huh. Um, so I'm doing that on Saturday the 4th, I think, of September. Um, and hopefully we'll have uh, yeah, some of the team out for, to join me on, on, on bits of that and maybe a taper run before Sri Chinmoy. There's a few that are definitely doing the full 100 or 50-odd kilometers in, in that event the week later um so i don't know where we'll end up i'd i'd, I'd like to think in that that uh in my day we'll get pretty close to 1300 k's but it's not so much about that this year it's it's um yeah just getting most of the team back together again and, and focusing on on that one event and yeah if everyone like i said can wear a buff or wear a shirt and 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 have <clears throat> yeah at least 20 and there's going to be more than many more than just our team of participants in, in, in Canberra in the event, obviously sort of out there. That'll be, um, yeah, that'll be really good. Yeah. Well, if, if I can get there, I will, I will be there. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah. 
fingers crossed, but I doubt yeah. it. That's it. I oh, know. <laughs> Such is life. Yeah, so, um, right. so obviously people in lockdown can still be involved. They can do like what Ron and I did last year, which was hop on the treadmill. We, we went out for our one hour that we relied and then we went on the treadmill. So there is ways and means of um, getting involved still, even in lockdown. Now, <clears throat> Kiralee, if people are hearing this and, and they want to get on board, what do they need to do? Um, so they, there's a couple of different channels that they can follow. So jump on to runagainstviolence.com and look at the overview, the 2021 virtual challenge overview that's on there. There's all the links to follow um, and they can register. They can either already be part of a team or have a team to join or we will find them a team. So there's an option when you click through to register now, there's an option, find me a team, click on that link and we will set you up. There's plenty of teams looking for people. Um, or alternative, if you already know a team, then you just follow those those links. If you are on social media, then jump on to Facebook and the RAV Virtual Challenge, or Run Against Violence Facebook page, and again, follow the links to the group, to the Virtual Challenge group. Um, and uh, yeah, join that. That's where a lot of the conversation happens, is in that that group but don't worry this year if you're not on Facebook <laughs> or Instagram uh, we're having a podcast having a podcast slash radio show that's going to be happening oh. in connection with the challenge this year so people will be able to yeah they're doing their walking and running and listening to all the great stories uh, that are coming in from around the country so it's going to be brilliant but yeah jump on our website at least um, or if you are on socials jump on to um, our Facebook page and, and follow the links Excellent. I love that idea of having a podcast for the event as well. That's yeah, really yeah. cool, cool idea. Yeah. Now, is, is this just for Australians or can people in other countries get involved too? We uh, have runners and participants from all over the world. Uh, so we've got our regulars from Canada and the US and the UK. Uh, we've got a wonderful following down in South America. So waving hi to all my friends in Peru um, that join us every year and from North Peru. Um, so you can be anywhere in the world as long as you've got an internet connection to upload your data every few days then uh, you're all good we'll, we'll love to have you as part of it and and the people you were talking about uploading data do people have to have like a garment or something like that what can they use to um, yeah look no you don't need a garment um most people use an app on their phone or yeah a, like a, a watch but uh, any any way of measuring distance will do so some people uh, they use, um, they know the distance around their block, you know, they've measured the distance around their, their block, for instance, in their car, and they know it's one kilometre, and they just keep tally of that. Um, it's a bit of an honesty system from that perspective. But you do need to upload um, evidence to um, the, the system, um, and you know, you'll get all the directions on how to do that. But yeah, so it could be a photo of um, you know, your, your notes or it could be a screenshot off your phone or, or anything. You don't need all the, the fancy design, you know, sort of um, devices. It's done in kilometres and metres, not steps. So that's one thing is people need to have something that's other than a step counter. Yeah, yeah that's fair enough. Yeah. Mm. Now, is there anything else you feel we should talk about, either of you, that, that I haven't asked or discussed yet? Hmm. I think you've done really well. 
I love the fact that in Canberra, I think now we've got, um, I was looking today, I think we've got like eight teams or something happening down there now, Mark. It. It's like the epicentre it. of RAV. It's, wow. uh, it's amazing. And we've got nine teams in Tari and, you know, these sort of early centres, they're just really grown. And I can just, all I can do is encourage people to be a little bit brave and, and come and join us. It is a lot of fun. Most people blow their own minds because they just exceed anything that they thought was possible. You know, they, if they're, like you said, the, the example you gave where that person had never run a marathon before and then they've exceeded that by a huge amount. And that's, it's a wonderful feeling to make that happen. And I think to me, it's the best 19 days of the year because you just see day after day, people blowing their own minds about what they do. And, and in the process, we make life um, so much better for people that have you know, had to walk some really hard paths in life. It's amazing to watch the difference, just being able to, people, this is what I've been told by people who have experienced family violence is often, particularly if they experience it when they're a kid, they, they carry a lot of shame with that. So it's, you and I can sit back, you know, comfortable lives and go, it's not their fault. But for some reason, kids carry that shame. And when they're finally able to, you know, potentially as adults talk about this stuff and talk about what they lived through, that, that lifts, that, that heaviness in their life lifts. And they just to see in the subsequent months and years just the impact that that has on, on, their, on their lives and their, um, you know, the flow and effects. And it's such, a, it's such a simple thing. You know, we can find time to listen to each other, can we not? Um, and we can create enormous amount of change and positive, positive energy within our communities simply by listening and being there for each other. So come along. Be part of it. Fine, <laughs> We've got really <laughs> nice medals. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. So Mark, Mark, do you have any um, anything you would like to add? Oh, look, I yeah, just just get involved. It's easy. It's one of the cheapest entries for entry yes. fees you'll you'll come across. Really? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no connection. <laughs> um, I reckon you could put it up a bit. Yeah. Um. um yeah, no, it, yeah, it, it's just fun. Um, whether yeah. you, you know, whether you can get into a bigger team or, or or not, just 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 get involved and 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 help get the the conversations and the message um, sort of out there. I mean, I have to admit, last year was obviously my first year, and and I was in a team where like not Melbourne based, but I still really felt part of that that group, and it was a really good. Um, community feeling within the group so you know it's personally beneficial as well hugely yeah. in times of covid definitely yeah, i think absolutely yeah. you know we just had a we created like a facebook team page and a uh, you know we've got a chat and that type of thing and i'm sure everyone else does as well and like just on the that particular first day the photos that were coming through and the messages yeah. um you know i you know because i was obviously out all day i'd turn my phone off i didn't want it beeping and <laughs> annoying me and all that type of jazz at the time you know as 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 yeah. you need to be when you're out all day um but the next day we you are know, in recovery mode on the lounge catching up on everything ha that happened the next day was phenomenal and then two weeks of it or nearly yeah. three weeks of it is uh just awesome yeah yeah and and to be honest i mean the, the group has chatted throughout the year on and off yep. 
anyway. So it's it's really created a, a group of people, mm -hmm. um, not just for the event, but for 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 life, I guess you know. Mm -hmm. And it's um, it yeah, that's exactly it. We've had these incredible friendships form across the country and across the globe uh, as a result of it. You know, people that may never be in the same town or, or stand face to face, but they've got this incredible network of really wonderful people because it does tend to attract the very best of people this event i've got to say yeah. <laughs> 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 well, thank you both so much for um coming on the podcast today i'll put the links to um the the run against violence website and the facebook link and all that sort of stuff and uh yeah once again thank you very much for your time brilliant thank, thank you. you see you later This will be my second year participating in this virtual challenge. Please get on board and join me. Create your own team or join another and have some fun. It's a great cause to support. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you could share it with a friend, either on social media or directly. If you do share it on socials, don't forget to tag me. Have a great week of running and training and have fun out on the roads and trails. <laughs>